0: The name of the pod was our last, best hope for peace. It was the dawn of the Third Age of Mankind, the year the Great War came upon us all. This is the story of the last of the Babylon podcasts. The year is 2259. The name of the pod is Babylon 5. Episode 34, All Alone in the Night, in which Captain Sheridan gets old-school alien abducted and General Hig initiates a cabal against EarthGov and the Psy Corps. Hello, citizens of the galaxy, and welcome back to The Name of the Pod, your Babylon 5 podcast. I am one of your hosts, Chris Tatro, and with me, as always, is... John Cassie. How's it going, Chris? It's going very well. How are things with you?
1: All good. All good. good We're good. um, we, We've got ourselves a little bit of a curious episode today, don't we?
0: Yeah, this one is, this one is, is strange and a little bit trying to do a couple of different things at the same time. Yeah. Um, it's a little structurally strange, isn't it? That, well, yeah, that's, that's, that's more what I meant by strange. Yeah. Um, that you, and we're talking, of course, about Alone in the Night. Yep. Um, all Alone you, in the Night. I'm sorry, All Alone in the Night. Yep. Uh you 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 take two of your main leads you you're taking Sheridan and Delenn and sort of you know give them each their own storyline running in parallel um and then you have General Haig just kind of hanging around the station waiting for Sheridan to get right back. <laughs> right right um, right you right. know which is which is a little weird you know it, I I wondered maybe why they didn't have him just you know have Sher- have have the general show up at the end uh just to you know or or it just seemed weird to have him just kind of hanging around the whole time,
1: right? Right. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's clearly got an ultraviolet level, uh, uh, you, know, fa- fa- face and, uh, you know, face and you know face and voice only for for Sheridan, right? Because you're not yeah. going to share any of that with Ivanova.
0: No, um, no, no. And and you know, he seems to be the sort of person who would have a lot they should be doing rather than just cool their heels for a couple days on the on the station but yeah. uh, but it's a good good thing that he was there cuz he was able to call the Agamemnon in and
1: Yeah, right, right. And
0: once again, that Agamemnon,
1: beautiful ship.
0: Oh, so beautiful. God
1: bless. Love yeah.
0: that design.
1: Yeah. Uh Absolutely. Yeah, we got a we got a couple of ships in there. Uh this time, yeah. you know, a little bit of that Membari, you know, the Mimbari mm-hmm. flyer and you know. Yeah. Uh, somehow the angle on the on the Membari ship where the Grey Council resides the angle mm-hmm. made it look a little bit less like it was about to fall over.
0: Mm, mhm. Yeah. Well, I've been on record as saying I don't love the Mimbari designs as much as <laughs> as say the Narn and the Human. I think because they tend, you know, they're 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 boxier and and yeah. more boring and that's that's really where my aesthetic lies.
1: Yeah, the um well, quite. The um <laughs> all of the other uh uh races sort of build their ships on the X Mm-hmm. Axis, you know, whereas mm-hmm. the Mimbari ships are more built on the Y axis.
0: Well, I mean you know, that you know, hi- highlighting their alienness, their, right. their difference. Um, yeah. Although the the Streb's ship uh, in this episode, which certainly was the most alien thing, I think that we've seen. Yeah. I would say it looked. It even looks more. Unsettling than yeah. Vorlon or Shadow ships, <laughs> yeah, because it's, sure. asym- it's asymmetrical. You know, right. starships aren't supposed to be asymmetrical, right? And there's there's like these things growing off it. Maybe it's organic. Maybe it's yeah, not. right. Can't tell. Right. But you know, all of that fits in very well with the whole weird alien abduction phenomenon. What are they? What are they? Uh, what do they want? You know? Are they? hyper-terrestrials, ultra-terrestrials, right. you know, yeah. what, you know, so, so they, they, yeah. Yeah, it, I, it, I, it, it, all, it all held, you know, it, yeah.
1: even though sort of structurally, you know, it, um, it, it felt, it felt a little, it, it felt a little, uh, a little odd to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's in no way a critique, but rather just a, okay, they're good, they're doing this kind of work. And I think it's yeah. going to, uh, it, it at least got me thinking about what are. um, uh, you, know, you know, the the our end segment is going to be about, mm-hmm. you know, is going yep. to it comes directly from that from that decision to structure of the structural. episode the way yeah. that the way that it yeah. was.
0: So let's let's kick off by talking maybe a little about uh, about General Haig. Yeah, start off with that point and the the kind of revelations and the discussion that he has because that's really to me again we've talked about if you really need, if you wanted to boil this series down into a prestige format, it's yeah. it's that. It's that conversation with Haig at the end. That's the crucial ten or fifteen minutes of this of this episode. That yeah. uh, that if you're if you're if you're trying to make up an essential episodes list, well, you kind of need those minutes in here. Yeah. Well, and and frankly, you need
1: you, you need the Delenn minutes as well. Right. Right. It's- you you don't you probably don't need the Sheridan minutes. Um. You but you do need the Delenn content, and you need the mm-hmm. you need the General Hague stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so what do we have with General Haig? We've got, uh, finally, some some confirmation that those of us who are taking Babylon 5's character's perspective, that there are people on Earth in positions of power who have the same suspicions we have. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. No, no, that President Clark, President Santiago business. Oh, yeah, everyone knows that that story is a bunch of baloney. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But 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 we didn't have any confirmation of that. So so we're sitting out here on the uh, you know a, a, you know uh, uh, an epsilon 3 mm-hmm. wondering are we are we are we all alone in the night does anyone actually get this other than us? Right? Yeah. So we get we get some confirmation of of that. And then a little bit of a move a little bit of a pivot towards um you know i've come here to enlist you as a co-conspirator mhm right which right. is interesting because it follows on from the revelation that Haig had had sheridan
0: spying on his own people right and that's you know that's pretty that's pretty interesting that's you know makes me look back at all the the pieces of Kind of sending Ivanova off to do the diplomatic work, and you know, pushing Garibaldi to do what he thought was right. You know, he's he's taking the temperature of these people. Yes, um, and not just
1: for himself, right, right, but actually because he he has a he has an awareness that he plays an unusual role mm-hmm. as a kind of pivoting point mm-hmm. between Earth dome. And, you know, and and B five, because he, he he did he did his spying job. Mm-hmm. He didn't express a moral outrage about it. No. Um, no. And and in, in all fairness, I, I I certainly would have tried to take the medal of my own team mm-hmm. if I were in his place, and if I believed that Earth Dome was not to be trusted, which he clearly doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, given the way that he's interacted with all of the uh, senators and pinheads, as it were, mm-hmm. right? Yes, um, and he's got a very good relationship with General Haig. Then all of this stuff from the last ten episodes, it all nicely falls into place.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Very nicely. Uh, and I wonder if you know it's one of these things that makes me wonder if if that Straczynski had had. Fox Leitner in on it from the beginning or if if it wasn't until he picked up this script that he was like oh okay so I've been spying on them you know I I I wonder if the if the scenes would have been played the character would have been played a little differently in the first Mm -hmm. 10 episodes if if the Bruce Boxleitner, as the actor, had known. Oh, I'm going to be, you know. They, they. There's a lot of shows where, where the directors or the or the creative staff don't let the actors in on a big surprise until the big pivot. You know, the first right. season of, of Agents of Shield. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a nobody good example. Nobody, yeah, nobody knew that. Spoilers, a five year old episode, but that <laughs> Ward was was a Hydra agent. Uh, even you know, the actors didn't know. He didn't know. Yeah. Um, so there was so in some ways, there wasn't a way for him to betray it in his performance. Yeah, right. So, you know, I'm of, I'm of two minds. Is it better to have the actor in on the on the secret or to sort of play it as if, you know, not to tell them, and then it comes off as if they've, you know, they're just, they're a real cool cucumber about the yeah. whole thing. And then, oh, I guess it was spying. I mean, but, I, for, 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 yeah. for me on some level, it's
1: if the character knows a thing, Mm-hmm. The character, the actor should know the thing, right? If the character doesn't yeah. know it, but the writers do, mm-hmm. the actor shouldn't know. Yeah. Right? Like like a couple of examples. Did Katie Sackhoff know what Starbuck's actual status was throughout season four? Oh, I don't think the writers what?
0: knew. What I don't think the, the writers the, knew. <laughs> I, yeah, 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 yeah. Before, Yo, before they I sat down there. for that. <clears throat> yeah, 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 the Cylons didn't have a plan. Come on, John.
1: Right, yeah, yeah. They, the Cylons, just like the writers, yeah. had a plan all the way up to New Caprica. <laughs> yeah, and then after that, oh no, <laughs> no have we no, been kind of have we been yeah. renewed? Oh no, <laughs> yeah, we, we figured we'd be canceled long ago. But yeah, right. Uh, uh, yeah, the 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 whole sequence in Star Trek: Deep Space Nine, where Julian Bashir has been replaced mm-hmm. by a changeling, right? Mm-hmm. Did 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 uh, Alexander Siddig know that he'd been replaced? And I don't I don't know the answer to this, right? But right. there was certainly he he read as totally normal yeah. until we his in other words his acting, yeah. right? Yeah. He read as and, Julian Bashir yeah. until we were told, "Oh, Krapsky," right? Mm-hmm. No, no. He's he's
0: on he's in a Dominion prison. Then his yeah. acting changed, right? And 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 you know that's my point. In some ways, it's, it, it may be better to not fill the actor in yeah, because right. there may be little telegraph changes that that telegraph, and especially in this age, you know, where you have you know everybody in their everybody in their best friend from college has a podcast, you know, over analyzing a twenty five year old television show, <laughs> you know, you're gonna. Uh, you know, Keep it up, Tetro.
1: People, people are
0: gonna pick <laughs> yeah, are gonna pick television apart and find any little like hint or or inconsistency uh yeah. We imagined. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, uh good on uh, once again, you know, uh uh um props to Mary Jo Mary Joe Slater for Robert Foxworth. Oh, he's great. Who's so he was, good? Yeah. He's always so good. Yep. Uh you know, you when we were thinking about Our uh, recast, Mm -hmm. you know, if we'd had any sense, one of us would have put him in as, uh, you know, as a... uh, In some way, you know, at some... He's a little... He's probably a little too... He's probably past where we would need him to be age-wise now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but uh, he could, you know, know, play, you know... He could at least play President Clark or President Santiago at the beginning of things or something, you know? Yeah, right, right.
1: Anything that he's in is elevated. And even though he doesn't really have... Uh, you know, a, a lot to do until the last couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, he he's trustworthy,
0: mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm.
1: And that is, I think, his greatest strength as an actor that, that even when he's, well, frankly, particularly when he's playing roles where it's like, I don't, I, I hope you're not right. <laughs> you still want to trust him. Right, mm-hmm. you know, he was a he was a major supporting character uh, I mean, a supporting actor in Six Feet Under. Well,
0: I never we, watched he, that. We never played
1: thought. the played the father of one of the main characters oh. with um, uh, you know, with with perfection, right? Yeah. Even when even when he and his wife, the mother, were, yeah. I mean, just. <laughs> crackpot Southern California, uh-huh. uh, you know, psychotherapist lunatics, right? Mm-hmm. You couldn't help but trust him, which was so yeah. bad because what he's proposing to do or what he's actually doing is like, no, yeah. don't do that. But I think you might be right, but don't do it. No, <laughs> you know, Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I don't know if we could get him back for a, for a recast or relaunch of Babylon 5. He's rolling in that uh, Transformers movie money these yeah, days. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, can't uh you know, well, I'd can't love to come and work away for you, the... but
1: I have all this money to count.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, oh he came back in, in Jeremiah, so he, he's Oh wow, uh, okay. Yeah. So so he maybe maybe we'll see him show up uh show up in the uh the, the Sense8 movie, you know, if he if he sticks onto the Yeah, right. right. Onto the JMS train. <clears throat> um
1: I like the fact that the introduction of the conspiracy and the the counter conspiracy Right. Mm-hmm. Um was was just presented as kind of like it presented very you know, short declarative sentences. Mm-hmm. This is this we got we got a problem. Yep. You know. Yep. I I and, very... I and I and I and I and I trust you. Yeah. And that it only took, you know, a minute and a half to get yeah, to get it was the team on board. Right. Scene.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, between both between Sheridan and Hague, and then when Sheridan brings in the rest of his of his command crew, right? You know, it's it's like boom, boom. Just all right. This is this is what's going on. This is what we're going to do. We're you know right. Let's just have this
1: right. And yeah. and you know, back to our work a few episodes ago where we were alignment charting. Yes. These characters, their responses to Sheridan mm-hmm. confirm that we've got mm-hmm. everyone in the right place. Yeah. Right. Sheridan is your paladin, Mm -hmm. you know, your, uh, you know, your party leader, your lawful good, right? Garibaldi's response was, was definitely in keeping with the, uh, uh, you know, we've got to, uh, uh, you know, we've got to sort of maintain, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, legitimacy, right? Yep. Franklin... We're we're doing good. Yay. Let's let's go yes. do good, you know. Yep. And Ivanova
0: well, you know. No, yeah, we're probably dead anyway, yeah, so yeah, we as well. yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> that wonderful yeah. pragmatism. Right. Uh, boom, boom tomorrow is probably today, right? <laughs> yes. Exactly. So, <laughs> so exactly. They all so. they all nicely mapped onto the uh, mm-hmm. onto the way that we've uh, you know that that we uh, that we sort of said, "Hey, I think I mm-hmm. think we've got this right." Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so very important, and uh, this is going to obviously connect us directly, uh, you know, into next week's episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to talk a little bit about Delenn?
0: Yeah, uh, some, and, some and
1: Mimbari politics, right?
0: Yeah, some definite surprises uh, in you know her removal. Although they've they've kind of been. We haven't had a lot of spotlight time on Delen so far this season. Sensor Hardly any, really. It, it feels like it feels like nothing. And yeah. I was hoping we'd get more out of this one than we did, but we but we still. I mean, we got some important stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, she's been she's been hinting at that. You know that that she's kind of she's in this gray space between human and Mimbari. and right. you know the not the humans aren't accepting her. and Now we see that that her the mimbari side has has given her the boot too yeah um and and even to you know go so far as to replace her on the on the council with uh
1: uhnaroonoon N- 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 yeah
0: yeah um you know and 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 create this this imbalance with the casts that seems that seems remarkable
1: yeah um, that is and, a major that's a major point mm. that was just sort of dropped in there. Yeah. Right. You know, so you've got this pivoting of earth's politics along an axis that's going to mm-hmm. move the story dramatically forward. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's prefigured in this episode by the pivoting of Mimbari politics in a, in yeah. a like dramatic and important direction. But in a much more alarming direction.
0: Right. They, right. they apparently – and I'm. it's not clear to me what they're responding to. Is it right. responding to increased hostilities from Earth or increased activities of the shadows? But they, they definitely – something has driven the Grey Council – to you know more onto a a, a war like footing you know uh, they, they brought in a, a wartime consigliere uh, right, right. Know, to to lead them um and and give them that kind of spin um and i'm i'm you know i'm not sure what the what the impetus behind that is you know again this may be something we'll find out more about in two or three episodes but i don't right. remember things yeah it, it so, it's, it's
1: it's 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 interesting that they violated the valenic principle Mm. right that has guided their society for yeah. for forever yeah right and
0: it's you know and it's, it's presented as an it's always this way not a it's usually this way uh, always you know, that, that's that's right. a, that's a, an important distinction
1: right an unprecedented break in the balance mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. I I would like you know we get we get a lot of warrior cast content. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say that probably 60 percent of the mimbari content we get is is warrior caste perspective mm-hmm. and all the rest is religious caste and largely from Delenn and from Lanier mm-hmm. right I would love to hear some worker caste voices right because I don't I don't yeah. I'm not I don't remember any right right and I wonder where they you know, kind of where they are, because even with the warrior caste on, on four members,
0: mm-hmm.
1: religious plus worker
0: is still a working majority. Right, right, right. Can you form a government that way, or you know, yeah, form right? From some, some sort of right, you know, yeah. alliance. Right, yeah. But are the yeah. even
1: capable of thinking in that way, or do they hmm. always try to build? Is it more Quaker, you know, that they're trying to build a consensus of the? of the council you know mm-hmm. and it is it is interesting that that prior to transformation the great council had appointed delen as the next leader of the mimbari mm-hmm. and now not only is she not satai her own seat mm-hmm. has been replaced by uh, you know by a, a member of the, of of the uh, of the yeah. opposing caste i thought that was a pretty
0: shocking development A pretty big slap in the face. Yeah. 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 And that 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 I I don't know that we had known before this point that that she had defied their instructions in going through the the transformation. Yeah, Um, I don't I don't think it was that. it wasn't clear if it was her own idea or if it was something that that they had. But at the very least, we know that it's something that they had that they were aware could happen and had discussed. Because otherwise they wouldn't have forbade it. That's right. So, so this is this is something that was at least conceptually possible. Yeah, yeah, I think that's but, a fair way to yeah, put it. Yeah, and and boy, now that Naroon is in on the reason for the surrender,
1: right? Not a happy fellow. No, uh, no, no, no. Right. Yeah. You put an end to this glorious war because of some. Religious, half-baked, mm. BS nonsense. You can't prove it; it mm. isn't true. And yeah. honest to God, if I had my powers, mm. I would remove the entire religious cast from the Grey Council because you're all a bunch of yeah. of, of oh yeah, Wackle. he was pissed.
0: Which, yeah, which is is really interesting because, like you say, we. Uh, most of the content we get is from the warrior cast, but, but most of uh, most, but, but more than that is what we get from DeleN Indeed. And we get, and we get kind of her version of the story. And, you know, this, this basically tells me that, oh, not everybody back home just accepts this whole, you know, human souls, Membari souls situation. Yes. Uh, It's, 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 it's very interesting that it's, it's not just a, a, an accepted thing. Yeah, right. It's, yeah, yeah. It, mm-hmm. To your point, it isn't mm-hmm. a thing. Yeah.
1: It's a perspective.
0: It's a, yeah.
1: Right. And, you know, when I said, you know, we, we get warrior cast, we get, you know, we get this sort of, uh, you know, member of the warrior cast and then the mm-hmm. someone else and someone else and someone else. So we yeah. get all these different warrior cast perspectives, but we really only ever get Delenn's perspective.
0: Right. Yeah, all the you warrior know, cast are there to you know, to for Dylan to to interact, to bounce with, off, to bounce of, off. Right. Of. Yep. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. the, the you know probably ninety
1: percent of the of the religious cast perspective comes from Delyn, mm-hmm. and say five percent from Lanier and five percent from mm-hmm. the couple of other religious cast folks we've had on, we've had on the mm-hmm. station. You know, largely mm-hmm. last season, which yeah. again is it's not it's not a problem, but it is mm-hmm. interesting. I wonder if there are mm-hmm. other. People within the religious caste who who take a slightly different view. Yeah, of and like all you say, you know what? What does the
0: warrior, uh, the the worker caste, think of of all of this? And how are they, you know, how are they treated? How are they received within the society? Yeah, right. You know, are right. they? Do they have the positions on the council? But oh, that's that's very cute. You know, we'll we'll let you. We'll let you be here, but you know it's it's really the you know the the bought and sold corporate masters of the of the worker caste that are the ones who get on the you know or or do they have a more uh, a place where the workers really do sort of share an, an equal place in the society with the religious right. and the warriors? Right. I, I don't know.
1: Right. Yeah. The hmm. fact that they have three seats um, does not mean that they are accorded any special dignity. Yeah, it, you know, in their in their regular lives, and it may very well be that, like any of these kinds of, uh, you know, oh well, we have three estates in our, you know, in mm-hmm. our country. We have the clergy, and we have the nobility, and we have the commons. Yeah, well, if ninety six percent of the Mibari population is worker caste, yeah, then that's not a very good deal to
0: Precisely. get three
1: seats. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah. So, um, I, I think that that. Probably gets us to the to the end step, Chris. To our end segment, what do you think?
0: I think so. I think let's let's move on to our uh, the, the 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 blather segment that we find interesting to ourselves, but who <laughs> knows if the, if the listeners will enjoy it? We certainly hope that they do. Yeah. Um, by now, folks, it's no secret. You know, we, was it two or three episodes ago? We, we spent half an hour talking about alignment grids, and hopefully, you didn't tune that one out too early. But you know that we are John and I are are longtime gamers, uh, tabletop role playing game. Uh, Players, you know, game masters, writers, all of that sort of thing, um, and in talking about this episode and the the pacing of it and the the delivery of it, 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 it felt to both of us a lot like a like like a role playing game session. Right. Um, and I would say, in particular, one where you kind of expected more people to show up, but only. Only Sin- uh, only Sheridan and Delenn's players could make it that week. Yeah, right, right. And so, you kind of have it's like, oh crap. Well, uh, I'll put uh, okay, uh, uh, you know, and 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 you know Ch- Sheridan's player he he put a bunch of he put a bunch of points into the combat skills of this character that he hasn't really gotten to use that's yet. Right, and wants right. to start throwing some Kirk Fu around once in a while. Um, right. And so, so it's like, all oh, right. Yeah, and yeah. there was beautiful Kirk Fu in this episode. Yes, indeed. You know, when when they take out the one strebe that they the, that that's shown, it's it's a beautiful chop to the back of the oh, yeah, right, magnifique. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, um, so Babylon Five as a role playing game uh, setting, um, which which it was. Indeed, there was a there was a, a indeed uh, was was it Margaret Weiss that that did it I, back I in do, the nineties? I do I, not. Uh, I think yeah. there might have been. You know, this would have been a good place for us to have done some keep, research. Keep ahead just of
1: time. Would you just keep talking, please? While I will I'm keep very talking quickly. while you
0: Google things. Yes, um, but you know, you've you've got a lot of opportunities for uh, for characters to to. To play members from the different uh, the different major races, maybe even to to kind of elevate some of the the the, the lesser races of the like the ones from the um, not lesser races. I'm pre, pre, prefiguring next week's episode. Yes, indeed. Um, for, uh, some of the members of the the unaligned worlds. Um, a lot of politics, a lot of action to balance things out. He was sound asleep all morning. Wow, <laughs> wow! He's down at the end of the hall. <laughs> no,
1: he's 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 down he's down the uh, he's down the four ninety five in Rhode Island. That's yeah, how loud he is. Still hear him.
0: Yeah, criminy. Um, yeah.
1: So, hello, uh, Maximus. Uh, the Babylon Five the thing- has a couple of uh, a couple of iterations of uh, of uh, its role playing existence. Uh, it was there was a there was a, a version in the '90s, and then there was a, a version in 2003 published by Mongoose. Margaret Weiss had mm. nothing to do with it.
0: Okay, well, I, I take that back. I think yeah. uh, I, I was I was misremembering the uh, the publication history. But uh, you know, it's it's got it's got a really rich and deep setting where uh, you know it, I think in, in a lot of these kinds of games that are based on. Established properties, yep. Star Trek, Star Wars, Firefly, any of these, you know, you really want to go out of your way to to tell stories that don't bump into the the established canon. You know, you, you don't. Yeah. You you want your players, you want your story to be something that's important in the universe. But you know, if it if given the first chance, you know. Uh, any any player is going to run off and like you know try to lure Luke Skywalker off to Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. Yeah, right. You know, rather than go off and meet the crazy old hermit Ben and and you know completely destroy the, subvert the, the universe, right? Cannon. Yeah, yeah. So there's enough to do uh, in all the other corners of the Babylon Five universe where I think you could tell really interesting stories, both you know past. Or during the, the setting of the of the show itself, yeah, um, giving it giving people you know plenty plenty to do.
1: Yeah, I um, Chris, how many um how many pre existing intellectual property games have you have you played? You know, not uh, not generic systems, but actual uh, you know IPs. You know. Um. Well, Trek, star Trek, of course, because we've played star, that together. Several
0: versions of Star Trek, several versions of Star Wars over the years. Um DC Heroes. S- yeah, the 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 DC and Marvel heroes systems. And those, it's a little less I, th- I feel like those it's it's less dangerous to have your players bumping into Totally. It's, it's almost more expected that you're gonna have, you know, Superman guest star every once in a while.
1: Right. Um right. I'm
0: trying to think. I think there's probably some others that I've that I've done, but those are the those are the big ones.
1: Yeah. Um, I think about I've never played, say, uh, you know, a Galactica,
0: mm-hmm. you know, or um,
1: I played James Bond mm-hmm. back in the back in the early yes. early early oh, days. Oh, i have forgotten
0: about that one. Yeah. Oh, and I played uh, the Ghostbusters role playing. Oh, game wow, way nice. back in the days. If we're gonna we're gonna go back to Ghostbusters, there's our, there's another JMS tie-in. Yep. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a really good game. Ghostbusters. Yeah.
1: Huh. Yeah. And in fairness, James Bond was a great game. Mm-hmm. you know you uh mm-hmm. uh you know you've got bond 007 doing his own thing and you're yeah. 005 or 009 or whatever you're yep. d- and you're doing it's just the same right mm-hmm. um what i love about Babylon 5 as an as an ip universe is that it's got its main storyline that can be unfolding in the background of whatever you're doing right mm-hmm. you can be you can be whatever part of it that you and your, you know, your GM, you know, think is appropriate. But there's so much content that is just hinted at, mm-hmm. right? And that isn't mm-hmm. developed in a good way from a right. role-playing game perspective, right? So um, so my point about the worker cast, mm-hmm. well, that's an obvious place to go, right? Right. Okay, well, you know, yeah, we're going to have a Mimbari, but that Mimbari is going to be from the worker caste, and they're going to have a specialized set of skills, and they're going to have all these perspectives, and you get to design that because it's left open for you to to sort of reflect on, right? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the great machine. Yeah. What if there's another one? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the uh, the 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 giant. You know, the Cortez ships like the Cortez.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah. We, why wouldn't out on the you edge. set? That's yeah,
1: perfect. Set the whole thing on one of those out on the rim, mm-hmm. and you've got yourself year, years, literally years of playing content. Right. Right. Um, take the game back to Mars, mm-hmm. and now you're playing like uh, like Splinter Cell kind of stuff, and you don't even care about the shadows, right? Yeah. Because you've got this whole Mars Earth thing. Mm-hmm. That could very productively be explored, or yeah. your you know you you're working for the Corps, right? Mm-hmm. The whole team is a bunch of PsyCor agents, and the arc is the same arc that Talia Winters follows, right? Mm-hmm. Or at least the characters are confronted by the same challenges. Are you going to stay loyal to the core, mm-hmm. or not? Right? Yeah. Uh, and and when you do stuff like that, the Mars theme. The psycore yeah. uh, theme. Then you get to have your characters go out to Babylon Five every now and again and interact with the characters. Uh-huh. But then that's more like they're doing. Those are the slice of life B five episodes, where your characters are slotting in, rather mm-hmm. than in the uh, overarching narrative, of
0: of Sheridan
1: right. or Ivanova or whatever. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You you don't you don't want you don't want your story in in whatever licensed world that you're playing in to be you know it it doesn't need to supplant the yeah the existing story you know you don't you don't want one of your characters to be the one who blows up the death star or who who uh you know who wins the 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 the, the battle of the line for for the earth forces you know destroys yeah. the black star yeah. uh, you don't want to take that away from from the the original story but having people kind of, kind of, you know, dip in and and, and and interact, people from the story once in a while are, um, you know, that's that's a nice touch. Uh, our our friend Bill Lynch, who who guest hosted on a couple of season one episodes, is is running a Star Wars game that mm-hmm. I'm playing in right now, and uh, at my special request, he brought in one of my favorite characters from the from the Star Wars universe, um, Hondo. Who is this very sort of very slimy kind of untrustable uh, smuggler pirate uh, kind of fellow? And you know, he, not a major character from the Star Wars canon, uh, but still someone that was kind of a touchstone. And and boy, did we did we just you know he he screwed us over and we hate him uh, for this. But but you know, none of that interaction. Is, in any way breaks the bigger story yeah i I suppose the other way of approaching it is is simply saying okay well you know we're we're gonna set our game in this universe and what's told in the universe is canon up until this point draw a line and say everything after that you know fair story could could go very very differently yep um you know if if uh yeah, you 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 could change things. You know, okay, well, well, maybe you know, we're playing in a Lord of the Rings uh, kind of setting, and uh, and maybe you know we draw it up to up to Rivendell, and then well, you know it's there, but it, but you guys yep. are in Rivendell, and if something happens, and and you know you influence the council to uh, about what's going to happen, well, you know the story has changed, and we'll have to live with the the new direction and the consequences. Yeah, yeah. You know, Frodo and company are still there. Um, but maybe things go a little bit differently. You know, no story survives contact with the players.
1: No story survives first contact with the players. This is no. known. This is known. This is known. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> what I love about the the Babylon Five uh, universe as a as a play setting. To to your to your point, Chris, you could maintain the arc of the shadow war, right? Mm -hmm. You could replace all of the characters with your own Mm -hmm. and play out the shadow war and see what would happen. Right. Right. Um, You know, you could say, okay, well, uh, you know, Sinclair is replaced he doesn't have to be replaced by a John Sheridan. Replace mm-hmm. him with a political hack. What happens then? Right. Right. Replace him with somebody who is a Mars loyalist. Replace mm-hmm. him with a member of the Corps. Yeah. Right. You could yeah. you could do it's, that sort of no, thing, right?
0: Not like it didn't happen in the show. I mean, the only the only one uh, who's who's still on the bridge who was here in in the gathering is Garibaldi.
1: And the. Uh, 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 and the sort of na- na- the, the, uh, the, the, the security liaison attache guy uh uh-huh. whose name eludes me. Zach? No, not Zach. No. The, the guy in the bridge.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Who's, who's, always, who's always there. He always gets like a line an episode. Yep. Yeah. I don't think his character's ever been named.
0: He is. Uh, but you know who I mean. He is Tech David Corwin. Yeah. yeah, he's he's he shows up on every uh, at the bottom of the the cast list on every IMDb yeah, yeah, episode yeah. listing. Yeah, yeah, he's in
1: he's in more episodes than anyone else. Right, I think so. <laughs> he's only got yep. two lines. Yeah, um, what I what I particularly like about Babylon Five as a role playing environment is uh, is the the clarity with which the universe has been structured from a skeletal perspective. And the mm-hmm. openness of that framework to do some really, really exciting, um, yeah, you know, story arcs, right? Yeah, um, Deathwalker's not the only uh, mm. um, Dilgar to have mm-hmm. survived. Go, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. a a Vorlon ship has crashed on on some other planet. Yeah, go,
0: uh,
1: yeah. You
0: are are the ambassador to the Drazi. You're the ambassador to
1: the Drazi, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You are – there's so little known even now about the League of Non-Aligned Worlds Mm -hmm. that you could create a dozen of them. You could create the entire structure of the League of Non-Aligned Worlds and just incorporate the Drazi Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and a few other people in the back there. And, you know, you you and I have – you know, we have a track record of doing that. You know, we've Mm -hmm. pulled – We've pulled uh, 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 characters who were basically just uh, make work for for the makeup staff off of you know various Federation <laughs> councils, right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, oh, and, yeah. and done good stuff with them, you know.
0: Um, and so we yes, can certainly do that here, you know. The Navigator uh, in Star Trek IV, the ship that's destroyed in like the in the in the opening sequence. Yeah, I was like, ooh, ooh, I really like the way that. You know, that guy looks, I want my character to be one of those. One of them. That's right. And now I'm going to build their entire society. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's similar to fan fiction, but it's, you know, it's, it's interactive because you're, you're, you're working on it with a group of people um, who will never do exactly what you want them to do. And I think it makes, (laughs) it makes a a great and interesting story, uh, you know, for it. That's why we, that's why we love gaming. Yeah. Either in our worlds or in other people's.
1: Right, right. Yeah, i i think that I think that a universe like like B five is is unusually rich because of the the strong integrity of its main storyline. Mm-hmm. You know, this is your sort of. Uh, it probably plays much like Star Wars would play. I don't. Pl- I've never played a Star Wars game mm-hmm. because as a as a fandoms go, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm I like Star Wars, but I'm not like Star Wars. You know, I'm really much yep. more.
0: Your, you know, your your round ships versus pointy ships.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, and you know you look at you look at uh, you look at a setting like like Trek. Well, you just give just give someone a, a Constitution class ship and point them in the other direction.
0: <laughs> and and uh, it I makes mean, its own gravy.
1: It, yeah, it makes its own gravy. Exactly. yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And um, and then other other IPs that you'd think, oh, that would be fun, probably wouldn't work. Like Galactica probably doesn't, I can't imagine that working as a, No, you
0: know, the, it's, the, it's the premise cons- of the
1: show is to. Yeah.
0: It's based on there being only a very small population. Yeah. And, and a very small kind of frame. Yeah, right. For the entire, right. for the entire universe. It's yeah. just around the fleet. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: uh, another thing I like yeah, about that one. You know, yeah, same, space
0: 1999. Yeah, Space 1999 wouldn't work, yeah. Yeah,
1: what is the, is it, uh, what, we're going to blow Phobos out of Mars orbit now?
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Something like, like X-Files, you know, you can't really do, I mean, you can certainly do the, the high weirdness stuff, but too much of X-Files is tied in directly to Mulder yeah. and Scully. Yeah, yeah. And relationships with the conspiracy, yeah. like direct personal relationships there, yeah. so.
1: Yeah, well, and, 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 and uh, y- you know, you've got too few characters to, to work with in X-Files. Mm-hmm. Right. You've only right. got really two, three if you include Skinner.
0: Yeah, I mean, you right. could... You don't you have enough player s-
1: characters.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could set something up where the players are uh, are other FBI agents and they're they're taking their marching orders from Skinner and have the smoking man or have Krychek kind of you yeah. know, messing with them, you know, here and there. But I don't know that it really... Uh, I don't know that it... That it you know, you, you can't get the depth of the conspiracy because it's all tied to... You know, yeah. Mulder and, yeah. and the Smoking Man together and all of yeah. that.
1: Yeah, and this is sort of why, you know, seasons eight and nine, the uh, the the seasons that will not be named, don't mm. really resonate because it's really Mulder yeah. and Scully's story. And if you try to right. replace them with Folger's Crystals, you're going to get weak sauce.
0: Exactly you so. know. Um. Oh, look, I see Max. Hi, Max. Oh, Max the Wonder Cat has returned. Yes. Yeah, I've picked him up to prevent his yowling. <laughs> Does that work? yes. Surprisingly, oh. so he huh. just wants love. Oh, don't we all? Just like the rest of us. Yeah. Don't we all, <laughs> uh,
1: Chris? If you were going to play a character in in Babylon Five, who what would you generate first?
0: My my natural inclination, my natural play style would be would probably be to play a Narn. Yeah, yeah, that's that's sort of where where I fall. Um, which. Their arc at this point is is certainly very interesting, and I, I think that's probably where I would go. How about you, Mimbari? Well, perfect then.
1: Yeah, I, I always want to go more towards <laughs> yeah. the sort of esoteric, Deep's to the space elf, kind of yeah. you know, um, yep, you know, uh, and I tell you, in my game, mm-hmm. those mind control those mind control orbs the
0: rings the mind control the, rings
1: they are back yeah, in
0: baby absolutely that's that's your that is your major plot point is, that's right that's right know, that's your major story is uh okay well sometime between the gathering and midnight on the firing line the rings were lost that's right from babylon five and we will never speak of it because mm, you know uh, but you know you've been charged to go and and relocate them and and, and you know Gather them up and bring them back to the Gray Council. Right, and no one must know that they are gone.
1: That's right. <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, boom, yeah. there you go. Now go, run with it. Right, you, know, I just, so you in, start in on five. Yeah. yeah,
1: right. Just like yep. um, you know, just like Voyager starts on DS nine. DS nine yep. starts in Star Trek: The Next Generation. But mm-hmm. you know, and now go away with yep. you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. What um, what characters that are supporting or that are um that are sort of peripheral in B5's main narrative, would you pull out of that narrative and do something fun with? And who and kind would of you elevate them? Yeah. Who would you elevate? Who would you uh uh who would you play around with? Mm. Who would you bring back? Who would you uh who would you kill? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> uh,
0: <clears throat> there was the the I can't remember his name, of course. The guy who was in the docks that helped Garibaldi get his ingredients for his special like meal that he was making. Sure. In the sure. Diet episode. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. he's your um, Hondo. Yeah. He's right. you know, he seemed to have you know that character like jumped out at me. Like yeah. from that from that episode. Yeah. And you know, he's got his fingers in a little bit of everything, and I want to know more about him. Um so yeah, I would I would probably I would probably You know, center some things around him that the characters need to interact with him in order, a a lot, in order to get stuff done.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I would... I would do some work with Laurel Takashima. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: You know. Yeah. Particularly if the campaign was Earth-centered. You know, all right, she's back. You know, she's she's back mm-hmm. on Earth at Earth Dome doing something, or she's yeah. she's now the lieutenant commander of a, uh, you know, of one of these um, Cortez Explorers. class explorer yeah. ships, right? You know, yeah. put put her in there as like yeah. a GM's voice character, you know, mm-hmm. someone who I or, can insert content into the game through, you know, that kind of thing, or, or,
0: or even if, if as you said, if the if the game starts off between the gathering and and midnight on the firing line. You know, we've got time when she's, she's there, you know, you can address her actual removal from the ship. Yes, yes. Um, And, you know, maybe even though the the plot line in the, in the show didn't play out, maybe she is still, you know, in with the Psycor, in with the, the Clark. uh, Right, right.
1: That she's an active conspirator on the other side hmm. Yeah. 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 So, so, something something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am. Um, I think that given um, given better direction, you know, she uh, she would have come along. Mm-hmm. And and I liked I, I like the character. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I just yeah. didn't think that they gave her enough to do or, right. you know, kind of dialogue that was where it needed to be. Um, yeah. Okay, so now here's my Good. my last question to you. Okay, okay, shoot. You're a you're a GM. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you're you're gonna you're gonna run a game in the, in the B five universe. What what kind of what do you want to do? What do you want What do you want the game to uh, not so much to be about, mm-hmm. but how do you want it to start? Where do you start as a GM? Uh,
0: a lot of that's going to depend on on the player group mm-hmm. because. Part of the... Uh, usually when I'm starting a game, I have a very vague concept of of the beginning. And then I want to see what kind of characters everybody's making. Right. Um, because if I am thinking that okay this is going to be all on an explorer class ship out on you know earth force ship out on the edge and you come in and want to play him and brian comes in and wants to play a centauri yeah and uh and rick wants to come in and and play uh you know whatever that thing that impersonated kosh was back in in season <laughs> one and and then bill is is going to be yep. some sort of human pirate uh captain well okay that's not going to work very well so uh, it's going to really depend on all of that, um, but I I'm definitely interested in the the whole outer rim archaeology uh, aspect of things. So that's probably the direction that I would uh, that I would push into, and it's going to bump into the shadows a bit. Uh, but I think it's um, I think that's probably I would I would kind of play it up more in a in an you know, Indiana Jones, pulpy kind of way, more than than a diplomatic or military kind of. Aspect. Yeah, yeah, that would be fun.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be fun.
0: Um, yeah, maybe start know. them off in rival camps, or working for working for different you know different corporations, and and have them butt heads once they get there. That kind
1: yeah, of thing. yeah. I mean, I I, th- I think I think you hit on the the great challenge of doing this as a as a game. Yeah. And that yeah. has nothing to do with B five. It's just gaming in general, right? Yeah. Oh well, if if you've got three players who want to be a Mimbari, mm-hmm. then you want you have to you have to create a Mimbari, yeah, o- oriented game. And if no one mm-hmm. wants to be a Minbari, you can't force you can't force it on them, right? right? I mean, you could still start your game on Minbar, mm-hmm. right? But now they're they're seeing it from that perspective of being of being totally alien to it, right? Yeah. You know, or or whatever. I, I think the the um, explorer class ships mm-hmm. is kind of where you know I would make my first pitch. Yeah. To players, you know, let's yeah. let's let's get out let's get out to the rim, mm-hmm. right? And and really push this universe as far as it can, uh, you know, mm-hmm. as far as it can go. Because I think that there's a lot of integrity in yep. this universe as a uh, you know as yeah. a space.
0: Yeah, but you also want to make sure you don't violate the tone. And That's right. The, I, you know, I, I joked about making it a sort of pulpy Indiana Jones. That doesn't fit with the tone of Babylon Five. Um, you, you you want to keep the tone. You want to keep the elements recognizable. That this is still within this universe, even if you're pushing pushing the edges. You know, yeah. like when when in the Star Wars novels of the '90s and whatnot, when they brought in this whole alien invasion the the long these aliens from some other part of the galaxy you yeah. come in and it's like yeah this doesn't this doesn't you know quote-unquote feel star wars anymore that's right
1: that's right uh, yeah
0: it's you know you've you've really gone in a completely different direction and uh uh so so that's something that i would have to i'd work to try to keep in mind and keep the you know that that even if we're doing this sort of two-fisted archaeology on the rim—that yeah. <laughs> that there also needs to be uh, a lot of diplomacy, a lot of of um, sort of court intrigue. Yeah, going right, on, right. Yeah, at every step of the way, yeah. because that's what Babylon Five is at the heart.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is not swashbuckling,
0: and it's not and it's not constant space fights. Yeah, or yeah. Or, or big like you know two-hour-long fight scenes.
1: Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. You know? Yeah, it it isn't uh, it isn't a Hong Kong action film right it's not a 1930s serial right you know every time every time i start to get my dander up about a star wars movie Mm. you know and i start to rail in in a fanboy kind of way yeah it's like my, my brain will eventually sabotage all of that complaining and say this movie is meant to be read in the way that you read a Flash Gordon serial from the 1930s, and as yeah. soon as I remind myself of that, I'm like,
0: "Yeah, this was a pretty good movie." Don't, right? don't go
1: too deep. Don't, don't ask do, never. too much. Yeah
0: yeah oh right. if people think if people think that i hate on this show you should hear me talk about star wars which i love right you know, and and but have a lot of of critiques for so uh, yeah. i you know yeah. honestly it's you know y- you can't go too deep on star wars or or you start like questioning your footing a whole heck of a lot. yeah right right you start why questioning do lightsabers your sanity? Stop? why do lightsabers stop why you know they go three feet why does why does light stop Oh god! No. A question for everyone everyone to ponder. Yeah. Until uh, next week. Until next week when, until we, next uh, week, that's when right. we come back. Uh, yeah. Uh, friends, so,
1: I, I suspect if you're listening to a B five podcast, you've probably done a little role playing gaming in your in your own, you know, in in your own lives. And if you haven't, you really ought to because it's super fun. Uh, Chris,
0: what are you playing right now? Star Wars. Uh, that's the only thing that I'm playing right now. And is, you GM this some,
1: massive uh, game that you've come to that a conclusion.
0: Was, yeah, about four years. Yeah, four years long of of. Thirteen or twelve different. uh, I I co-gm'd it with some other people, rotating of different uh, twelve different systems, different uh, sort of settings, uh, thousands of years apart, but all within building the same world. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. D and D, Call of Cthulhu, um, you know, Rollmaster, you know, anything that could be thrown in. So it was it was a it was a, a pretty exciting experiment.
1: Yeah. Um, so you're playing Star
0: Wars right now. Yeah, that's it at the moment. Uh, and I'm, how about you? I'm game
1: mastering Numenera, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which I just love. Mm -hmm. I just love this game. I love the setting. I love how open it is. I like how, I love how player centered it is. Mm -hmm. Um, it is just a great game. You know, folks, if you're, if you're interested in weird science, um, and, uh, you know, sort of the Gene Wolfe or, uh. Jack Vance kind of dying earth kind of kind of stuff mm-hmm. in any way. Get out and get some Numenera content because it is
0: such a great game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was one of the, that was one of the chapters of the of the the thirteen indeed ages series that uh, and 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 Bill actually was the GM for that section. Yeah. So
1: yeah. Um, so folks, I hope you found this this conversation about uh, B five as a as a game setting um, illuminating. Uh, it certainly has as IPs go much more to offer than most. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that um, that there there are few existing sci-fi properties that um, they give you as much range of player choice as B5 does. So mm-hmm. um, so folks, uh, thanks for listening and you know where to find us, Facebook, uh, our webpage, the name of the pod at gmail.com. Rate review, subscribe. And we'll see you next week, folks. Bye. Bye.